92.7 WMAY. Big event in Springfield tomorrow night at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum where the voice of the Chicago White Sox, Jason Benetti, will be appearing to talk not just about baseball, but about his career as a broadcaster and overcoming the challenge of cerebral palsy. Jason Benetti, welcome and thank you so much for being here. We're looking forward to having you in Springfield tomorrow night. Jim, thank you very much for spending the time. Well, let's uh, begin. Uh, I think maybe a good place to start would be uh, to explain to people who I'm sure have heard the term but may, may not know exactly what it means. What exactly is cerebral palsy and when were you diagnosed with it? You know, generally, it's interesting. Cerebral palsy affects so many different people so many different ways. Uh, and so there's not one symptom or one thing that each individual deals with. I was diagnosed when I was very young. I got sick at a very young age when I was a toddler and uh, was left simply with an affected gait. So my walk is affected. I don't walk like a normal, quote unquote, human being. But my speech is fine and my logical reasoning, everything that goes along with, uh, you know, mental acuity and agility is fine. And I was very fortunate in that regard. But, you know, when people talk about speaking for the CP community or whatever that might be, uh, there are just so many different variations of how people are affected and how people live with CP. I, I know people who have CP who use wheelchairs or assistive technology to speak or use eye gaze technology on a tablet uh, to speak. So there, there's just a lot of different versions of it. But what I was left with is a walk that's different than everybody else. Do, do we know what causes it in, in your case or just in general? What's the, what's the factors that go into someone having this? You know, it, it's there are so many for so long, and I, I was just at the Cerebral Palsy Foundation dinner a couple of weeks ago. For so long, the belief was that it was mainly caused by a lack of oxygen in the brain at some point when you're being born or when the birth process is happening or when you're very young. But there is some research that suggests that that's not the only way it happens. It can happen through brain trauma or any number of other different ways. So for a long time, the conventional wisdom was it was a lack of oxygen to the brain for some period of time, but research is ongoing as to what would cause it at all times. How did this impact you growing up in your childhood and then eventually making your way into adulthood and, and trying to forge a career path? Yeah, you know, I think uh, there are a lot of people who grow up feeling different. I'm not the only person who grew up feeling different, quote unquote. But, you know, when you're somebody who like I didn't I didn't really understand it when I was a kid. Right. Like when I went to elementary school, initially I was in a wheelchair and then I grew up wearing for a couple of years uh, like inserts slash braces in my shoes to help stabilize my walk like Forrest Gump war, but a little bit uh, more modern of a version. And then, you know, you go to school and I didn't really realize one of my eyes drifts, but sometimes kids would say like, where are you looking? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm looking right at you. Or I have this other thing where if somebody taps me on the shoulder, I flinch a little bit, just neurologically, my body reacts in that way. It's called spasticity. And so uh, I, when I was a kid, people used to just sort of think it was interesting and or funny that I would jump when somebody tapped me on the shoulder and then you have that walk. And so, you know, people treat you differently. And that has sort of shaped my career in that I found radio as a kid because I had a high school radio station. 
And through that high school radio station, I found something that I was good at. I was a radio announcer. I did play-by-play on the radio for a long time before I got into television. And when I was doing that, uh, it made me feel really comfortable because nobody could see me. When, when I'm on the radio, nobody has any idea what I look like. So it was the first time that I felt like somebody could react to what I was saying before judging who was saying it. We're talking with Jason Benetti, the voice of the Chicago White Sox. He'll be in Springfield tomorrow evening, part of the Stories of Survival series at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum. And Jason, as you know, radio is a great refuge for those of us with physical imperfections of any sort. Uh, but uh, as you uh, set your sights on on sportscasting in particular, uh, did you encounter any resistance, even though obviously uh, your, your voice, you've got just an incredible voice for, for broadcasting of any sort, sportscasting in particular, but because you had a disability, did that to throw up any hurdles or roadblocks in your path? You know, it's, I, I, I think you kind of have to ask all the people who hired me and or didn't hire me. Uh, I've had people say things to me in the past that I think are fairly short-sighted or shallow, but I've, I've run into similar amounts of people, probably way more people, in fact, who've been very helpful, who've given me tips on how I can use my eyes to my advantage when I'm on camera and how I can make sure that I'm, you know, making it as palatable as possible for people who are looking at me on camera. And frankly, we're only on camera for 0.0001% of each sports game. It's not like I'm a TV anchor or anything. But honestly, uh, I can't say that there haven't been any hurdles because if you look at my Twitter after a game, if somebody's never seen me do a game before, one of the first things they're compelled to tweet is like, wow, Jason Benetti can look at his partner and the camera at the same time. I don't even think they mean it in a mean way necessarily, but I've heard that about a hundred times. And so, you know, the hurdle is in audience perception at first, but also it's for people who make hiring decisions at networks. And I've been fortunate to have somebody at each network I've worked with that said, you know what, it doesn't matter what he looks like. He's good at the job. You uh, are, are uh, someone who uh, can use your your position, your your prominence, your presence to to really educate. I wanted to ask you about these campaigns you're involved in. One is called Awkward Moments, and and also something called the Just Say Hi campaign. Tell me about those. Yeah, so uh, Awkward Moments is a part of the Just Say Hi campaign that the Cerebral Palsy Foundation very smartly started. A bunch of years ago, I want to say 2014 now, and it's in some curriculum in New York City and a couple of other cities around the country. And the idea is, like, how do you just start a conversation with somebody with a disability? And the answer is you just say hi. Like, that's the easiest way to start a conversation with anybody. And so that's part of the that's the whole umbrella of the campaign. And the Awkward Moments videos we produced a number of years ago, there are six of them in total. And they're essentially scenarios that I have found myself in over the course of time where people react in a certain way to somebody with a disability. Like uh, the one that's posted on my Twitter is about going to a museum uh, and having the usher or docent at the museum uh, believe that I'm going to willy nilly run into one of their artifacts and knock it over and break it. And I can sort of see the panic uh, wash over them because of my walk because it's erratic. And so the idea about these videos really, Jim, is, is to let people know that some of these reactions are repetitive 
and generally people with disabilities can do more than you would expect. But also opening a dialogue, having a conversation with people and just taking those inhibitions out. I, the plan is, you know, to make sure people are able to laugh at these situations because it's not unlike a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, right, where Larry <laughs> ends up in all these situations that are like cringy but kind of hilarious as well. And I, I've found over the course of time that these things are repetitive enough that they end up just being funny. In your perspective, uh, the the world today, uh, as it's set up for someone with a disability, I mean, we've had the Americans with Disabilities Act for 30 some odd years now. Uh, do we still have more we need to do to ensure full inclusion uh, for, for everybody, regardless of the type of disability they're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in entertainment especially, number one, services aren't available for everybody. I'm not somebody who fortunately needs to use services to get around, but a lot of people do. And there are still some curbs around the country where you can't get a wheelchair down the curb across the street. I mean, it's, it's simple things like that, but day-to-day -day life things. But I also think if you look at Hollywood or look at television on the whole, there are not many of us with physical, open, and obvious disabilities that are on television, on camera. Like you talk about representation, and I think that word sometimes carries a negative connotation because it's being forced. But I do believe if you're good at a job, no matter what your physical uh, characteristics are, you should be able to do it. And that should go for actors and that should go for sportscasters and that should go for dancers and it should go for singers. And I do think people want to see a robust, hale, physical body in order to hire them more often than not. So I, I do think more art that includes people with disabilities uh, is something that we can all pine for, especially because like if you don't allow somebody with the chops to do it, you might miss. You'll be hearing a lot more about Jason Benetti's story as he speaks at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum tomorrow evening. The door is open at six. You'll be able to see the exhibit on stories of survival and then hear uh, Jason's story starting at 7 p.m. You need to get reservations for this. Go to presidentlincoln.illinois.gov to uh, sign up to be a part of this event Tuesday evening here in Springfield. Jason Benetti, the voice of the White Sox. And Jason, before I let you go, seriously, what happened to the Sox this year? Holy cow. Yeah, I, uh, that is a question that I have fielded more than once. <laughs> you know, it it was just a rough deal. Like there there were there were obviously some strategic situations that didn't go right. There were obviously some injuries. Obviously, the manager is going to change for next year. And my sincere hope is it's a blip on the radar of a rebuild that still is very successful. But yeah, I mean, my the big headline for me is the power just wasn't there. You see. Teams in the postseason hitting big home runs. And this team was built to hit home runs, and they just didn't do it as much as we expected. So if the power comes back, this team is going to come back with a vengeance. Well, here's hoping you get the chance to announce them all the way to a championship next year. In the meantime, Jason Benetti in Springfield tomorrow evening at the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum. Again, presidentlincoln.illinois.gov to reserve your spot to see him tomorrow night. Jason, thank you so much for your time. Great to talk to you. Jim, thank you for the thoughtful questions. Appreciate it. Here on 92.7 WMAY.